people, when you're at home, it is a little harder to maintain focus. I pray that doesn't happen today, but I'm going to try to be as brief as possible, talk a little bit more as the Holy Spirit gives the word about the open door going forward. And I know Dad and Mom had such great teaching to come on this, and I really thought he was... I really asked him to do it, and I asked him about 10 times, and he asked 11, and he wins. So, because he's, he's, you know, he's above me. So, it will be interesting, and I think people are putting posts on their little, somebody's watching that. Uh, you know, if, if you'll let us know who's, who all is listening in. I know, like I say, many people watch on different medias. So, you can't tell just by looking at Facebook Live or this or that, because... There's so many ways to watch YouTube, podcasts, and different things, and uh, some people may watch at a different time, but I do pray as many people as possible are, are tuned in and the Holy Spirit gives a short word this morning. Um, and, I, and I think God's taken us back a little bit these last few weeks. I, I did give a message last week about the attitude of the open door, and I went back to Numbers. Numbers is pretty far back, right? But I think God wants to go back further today. We're going to look at the book of Genesis for just a minute. Not a long word. Not a long word. But I want to talk a little bit about the open door and what a special season this is. What a special season. When God gives a prophetic word, first of all, the door's been open for 2,000 years. But, but when God gives a specific word, a prophetic word to leadership, to remind us of an open door, I believe it's, a, it's an extra outpouring of God is on the way. I believe there's an extra outpouring of God that is here. I believe when the word says in those days, I shall, you know, I believe that we are in those days and I believe there's an extra outpouring of God available for us. I believe this year does not have to be the same as last year and I believe there will be an extra outflowing of God's provisions. I believe the camels are coming. I was telling Dad earlier, I'm looking for camel bait. I'm going to scatter. These hunters, they put, they put bait out. It's kind of cheating. They put apples and bait out in their fields all year and then they go shoot the poor deer and they listen, I'm looking for camel bait. I'm looking to scatter camel bait all around. The camels are coming. Your kids are coming. Your family's coming. Your loved ones are coming. People you don't even know are coming. It's been given. It's been prophetically seen. It's been dreamed. They will be coming up that hill. They will not even be able to get the cars up the road. They will pull over beside the road on Kentucky Avenue because they can't get here. And they will walk up this hill because they're looking for God. Because just like Skyler said in his post, he will be people will be looking for more of God. They'll be looking for the real thing. They'll be looking for something from the high and real in their life. They're not just looking for church. They're not just looking for a service. They're not looking for faith. They're looking for power of God. They're looking to see what this Bible talks about and not something less than. Because we look at it really, when you read this powerful word about dead people getting up and eyes opening and, blind, and blinded eyes and limbs, you, you, that's the problem that Judy has had some over the years. You read that, and you say, then why is it that everybody else settling for less than? For less than? And maybe it's the first part of the sentence I just said. Because the people are settling for this man. When God is reminding us this year, the door is open. Don't live a less than life. Live an open door life. Live a life of power. Live a life of real. Live like this book lives. Walk this out. Walk this out and see what happens. Walk out power. 
willing to make a difference. Be willing to take a chance if that's what it takes. Because people out there need that cup. I mean, I, I wouldn't even, I, I mean, I know there's some Facebook posts and I'm not, But I can't imagine how people, people do not put it on Facebook because their private pain is so much. And all they were trying to do was get a cheap lunch. But they were hurting. And they were struggling. And they needed a real God. And they needed to hear from God. And maybe they hurt and hadn't heard from God in a while. And all of a sudden they pick up that cup. And God speaks to them right there in their face. And they say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe like me at one time, somebody says, God, if you're real, prove it to me. And they order a diet Mountain Dew at the Taco Bell. And God says, here I am. I am you. I am He. And the door is open. And you don't have to settle for less than. So I, as we talk about the open door, Dad and Mom, oh, we're going to have so much teaching. And, uh, and, and today we'll talk a little bit, maybe teach a little, preach a little bit. We won't be lifted at all, but uh, I just want to talk about the power of the open door and what that means to you and me. Who may have thought we had forfeited that right to enter? What that means to you and me who could have thought that the door was closed on us forever and that God is reminding us that the door is open. So I want to, I want to look at the, in, in, in Genesis just briefly. Just briefly. And I want to talk about a guy named Jacob. How many remember Jacob? And Jacob, you know, is kind of known, his name is known, and he's known as a supplanter. A supplanter. He, he deceived. That's a nice word for him. I'm not a cook. And that means nothing to anybody under 40 or 50, I guess. <laughs> but uh, Jacob was a man who was a mama's boy. And he deceived his brother. And it was an important deceit because it was not just about a birthright, Dad. It was about a covenant. You see, God had made a covenant with Abraham. And they didn't have a concept of eternal life yet like we have a concept of eternal life yet because Jesus hadn't revealed that. God hadn't revealed that through the power of His Son. And so their ideal of eternal life was descendants. And so there was a huge blessing. So if your idea of eternal life is your kids are your eternal life, then you want kids. And if you don't can't have kids, then that's a big deal to you. And so for, for, for Abraham, who he and his wife were barren to a late age, God gave them a covenant of word and says, you follow me and you go where I say go. And I'm going to give you eternal life because I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the stars in heaven. In other words, I'm going to give you a purpose and a blessing here on this earth. It'd be hard for some people at that age. I think of Al's dad when he, you know, he, he sometimes, I guess it's okay to share because I'm here and he won't be watching it. He can't figure out phones and things like that. He's 92. And, and, and I've talked to her. He sometimes, you know, at that age, you can feel, and he's, he's expressed this, feel like you don't have purpose because he feels like his purpose has all been lived. Does that make sense? 
But there's people in this room, some of you were out there, you might be 30 years old, you might feel that way. And, and that's how he feels sometimes. And, and we, of course, we remind him, we give him the scripture, we pray over him, we talk to him. And, and it's usually fleeting, we usually get him back on. But we can get to a point where we feel like we don't have purpose left. We feel like it's passed us by. And so Abraham was given this powerful promise from God called the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, that he would be a father of God's nation and people. And God's nation still goes on, but now it's not a, a racial or nationality. Now it applies to all of us through the power of Jesus, that we are all in the, in, in the children of God. Amen. There is no Jew or Gentile. We are all in that family. But that family was laid out to Abraham. It was laid out to Abraham. And Abraham had to believe God. And he kind of didn't always, perfect, wasn't perfect in that. Like us, he kind of took things in his own, uh, his own way. And then he eventually had, though, he eventually had Isaac through his wife, miraculously. And then after Isaac, Isaac had Jacob. And he had Esau. Now, the, the cool thing about the birthright is, as you look back throughout the, the genealogy, whoever had that birthright is not just about that property. It's about the covenant. It's about it, it, it being the descendants of Abraham who would beget, who would beget, who would beget King David, who would beget, beget Jesus. It was about the covenant. So when, 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 when Jacob deceived his brother, he wasn't just ripping him off of money. He was stealing his purpose. And he was basically trying to crook and hook and crook the promise and blessing of God. He was trying to take somebody else's blessing. Somebody else's purpose. And after doing that, he had to go on the run. His father said, okay, I mean, you cheated, but you win, so here's your money. Now go on out of here. Get on out of here. And he went on exile. And some people in this room or some people out there, you may feel in your life like you've been on exile. Like you've been a crook. You, like you, you, you're illegitimate. You're, you, know, you were given this purpose. You, you were given this word. You have this purpose for your life. You believe, you believe what the Bible says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I pointed you a prophet to the nations. You believe God puts purpose in every baby. But you also believe somewhere along the line because you were, were not worthy or because you hooked and crooked and deceived. Somewhere along the line, you believe sometimes that you are no longer eligible for that purpose. Because if I ask everybody in this room or out there on the podcast and all this stuff, a little baby, if you said, does God have purpose for that baby, you would all say yes. But if I took a, took a random 40-year-old person, 50-year-old person who has a life of beat, uh, beaten up and abused and, and, and pain and, and, and failure and, and, and all the things that we all experience in this thing called life, and I say, do you believe this man still has purpose? I wouldn't get 100%. Here I would get more than most places. But if I went out there in the nation and I asked the average person, does this person have a purpose and God left? Is this person meant to be uh, have a vision or purpose for God? Many people would say, no, he's forfeited that purpose. But I'm here to tell you, 
that nothing can stop the plan of God that He has for your life. That this is the year of the open door. And God is saying, no matter what you've done and no matter what exile you're on, that I'm here to remind you that the promise I gave you is still true. It's still there. It's still valid. The door is open. I never shut it. You can't shut it. I don't have the power to shut it. When God opens the door, it's open door. And I'm here to tell you and remind you that through the power's word and the story about Jacob, that you did not forfeit or close the door. Now, in Genesis 11, there were some men that got real smart. And they tried to get smarter than God and they tried to build a tower. What happened to them? Great. Exactly. Genesis 11. Thank you. Thank you. They, 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 tried to get to, they tried to go open the door themselves. They tried to build the door to heaven and open the door themselves. Knock it in and say, God, here we are. And God broke their tower, scattered them, and confused them, and chaos came out. That was in Genesis 11 called the Tower of Babel. But in Genesis 28, years later, about 1,800 years or so before Christ, there's another tower that God talks about or another ladder that God talks about or another stairway that God talks about. And it's given and it's revealed to Jacob in a very hard time in his life. So if you're out there and you're going through hard times, I'm here to tell you that God in His Word many times speaks to His warriors in their toughest hours. That's when He poured out to David. That's when He poured out the Gospel of Jesus. That's when He poured out to Paul who created this thing through, through, through God created, but revealed this thing called the church in the New Testament as He wrote this book, these books in prison. But here Jacob had just been kicked out of his land and told by his father, you need to get out of here. Right? You need to get out of here. He went in exile. His own brother hated him. Word God says it, hated him. Because his brother was supposed to be in the lineage of David. His brother was supposed to be in the lineage of Jesus. And here this little crook come. And stole it. Of course, Esau wants to, if he wants to blame Jacob the whole life, we're not going to preach about Esau. But Esau could be a little bit of a scapegoat. If, if Esau will give up being in the lineage of Jesus for a bowl of soup, then he got what he deserved as far as I'm concerned. And maybe that's the point. Maybe Esau never wanted it bad enough, and so he wanted to blame Jacob for being a deceiver the whole time when Esau wasn't hungry enough, and Esau wouldn't hold on to the dream. But anyway, Jacob stole it. He was hated. And his father said, here's your property, and you better get on the move. So Jacob went and spent a period of time, and he got hooked and crooked. He found him, he wanted a beautiful woman. I'm not going to get into that either. He got hooked and crooked. He, he, bought, he, got, he bought that thing online. You ever bought something online? Wish. Timo. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you a true story. Val will laugh at me at this. I, I found this thing. I, I had shoes, and I wanted my shoes. I don't have shoes like an NBA star, but I got a few shoes. But I wanted my shoes to be preserved and look nice in the closet. I wanted them. I, they were just piled all over each other. And I wanted and, and, and I'd seen that these, these NBA guys that had these cubby hole things. And their shoes looked real nice in there. And I thought, 
That'd be cool. That'd be cool. And so I get online, and I should have known because you get what you pay for many times. I found this thing that was real cheap. But it looked real good. It was cheap, but it looked good. And I ordered it. And I thought, man, I, this thing, you know, it might be, it might take a little some screws and nuts, and I, you know, I might have to work on it and put it together. But man, it's going to be a steady, good-looking thing. I think it was real late getting there, by the way. I'm not going to tell you what country it came from, but it wasn't a good old USA. Done yes. against other countries. I'm just saying. And this thing comes. And it was cheap compared to the others. But it still wasn't real cheap. I don't know if it's $100 or what. But I mean, I still spent some money. But I thought I was getting this big shelf. This, y'all, this thing comes in. I'm not, I promise you, this is not a lie. It was made out of paper. It had no wood, no metal. You just unfolded it and it was paper. Was it not? You tried to tell me. It was made of paper. And I, I looked at that, tried to sit up, you balance it just right, and it'll stand for a minute, but there's no way one of my big old shoes is going to go in there. Well, that was Jacob with his Rebecca. He, he looked at the veil and he goes, Whoa, what happened to Rebecca? Anyway. So Jacob was heading out to exile. And he got to a place called, this is Bethel. House of God. He was in a very difficult place in his life. A place where he felt like a crook. He felt like he didn't belong anymore. He had to leave his family. His own brother hated him. His own brother, he thought, would probably try to kill him. He was a wanted man and man on the run. Here he got all this stuff he thought he wanted. But what's he going to do with it now? And you know in his heart, he had to be thinking, from what his daddy's purpose. 
and away from what was his granddaddy's purpose. To be the father of the nation of God. And so he came to this place called Bethel. House of God. I'm going to read the scripture. And there he found a place to spend the night. See, I don't know about Skylar. I don't know what Skylar was looking for today. You know, I, I don't know what Jacob, Jacob was just looking for a place to spend the night. He was just looking for a place to rest his tired head. Because he was tired. And he was hurting. He was guilty. Wasn't nobody else's fault. He was guilty. And he was just looking for a place to crash. And maybe, 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 maybe we don't always find God when we're looking for Him. Maybe we're not even looking for Him sometimes. But He finds us. Because when you go to the end of you, when you get to the end of you, that's when you'll find the beginning of Him. And Jacob was the end of Him. And when you get to the end of you, there was God. At a place called Bethel. On the run. And I'm going to read the scripture. Now, Lakin, I'm going to need LT. And I'm going to read. I didn't bring my glasses, so I hope you can put it up. It's Genesis 28. I think that's 10. I think that's a 10. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba. And travel toward Aram. Let, let me stop. Just hold that. You can hold that eleven. That's fine. Again, Jacob is now going away. Okay, now you can go to eleven. He's running from his purpose. There you go. He's running from his purpose. Yes. And much of our lives we spend running from our purpose because the guilt inside us thinks we've we've messed it up. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp. Let me pause. This is a come on. This is a good place to set up camp. When we came up here and looked at this this facility, there was no facility. It was woods. It wasn't even great, and it wasn't even flat enough to put a camper. And we looked at this place, and many people look at this and say, "Are you crazy?" People looked at us and said, "Are you crazy? Why would you take forest?" Straight up and down a mountain full of trees and try to build a church. Why don't you go find a little flat, am I not quoting, a little flat piece of land or a building that's already been used? But when we saw this place the first time, there was as much snow or more on the ground as there is today. And we walked up on Deacon Rock, Rock a group of men, in the snow. As we looked over that whole community up on Deacon Rock, we said, this looks like a good place to set up camp. This looks like a good place to proclaim the gospel over the entire net, nations or region. It's a good place. Hope on, I, I know, you know, another thing is, when you watch online, I apologize, I'm passionate. I, I know the screaming probably gets a little, but I'm passionate. I'm sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying to be contained here. It's just hard to talk about such powerful things and talk like a mealy mouth because I'm passionate about it. I can't imagine watching that's you know that's why I sleep near golf matches. I cannot imagine. 
watching the Super Bowl this year with two seconds left. Such and such scores Lamar Jackson or somebody scores a touchdown to win the Super Bowl. And the announcer goes, and Jackson scores, and that's the Super Bowl. Because he deems that to be a very exciting thing. And it does get exciting to watch sports, but I'm telling you what I'm talking about now, it excites me. So those of you out there, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a screamer. I really am. I really tried on my baby. I talk, I said, I'm going to try to tone it down, but I just got to be me, and I'm just passionate, and I believe this stuff. So if I'm loud, turn your volume down. Okay, back to the Word of God. At sundown, he arrived in a good place to set up camp, and he stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against. And lay down to sleep. We can talk more about that, but let's keep going. As he slept, I want you to listen to this. Somebody told me that they know the difference between a pin bean dream and a God dream. And I, 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 I believe that. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway. A ladder in some translations. A stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. Listen to this. And he saw the angels of God. The angel, the angels of God going up and down the stairway. Some of the translations say ascending and descending. Mean the same things. He saw he, he's dreaming and he sees this ladder or, or the stairway from earth to heaven. And look at this. There's angels going up and down. Up and down. Up and down. Alright, keep going. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And He said, I am the Lord. <laughs> pause. Oh, i got to pause for a minute. You can sit down. Because I, you know, I was going to read it and come back and preach it, but i got to preach for a minute. We're, we're going to read it all. Because you really need, we really need, we, we, I need, we need to grasp this. First thing, what does it tell us about the fact that the stairway had angels going up and down? What does that mean to you? Why does God put that in His Word? Why is that important? Yeah, why is that important? Huh? Or this movement, but what does that signify? Access. They're coming to help. Listen, that means the door was open. Because they were coming down, they were going up. They were coming down, and they were going up. Because the door was open. There was an open door at the top of the stairway that God's blessings were free to come and go. Our, our, his, our requests were free to go up. And His blessings and words were free to come down. We get to praise Him through the open light and the open door. But He gets to bless us through the same open door. He was in a dream. And he sees the open door of God. And he sees it reaches the earth. And it reaches the heaven. He was kind of like that person just trying to get a $2 burrito. Thought he messed it all up. 
God says, Jacob, I'm going to show you what's really going on. The door's open. And the angels of the Lord are going up and down this very place where you lay your head. Not only that, Jacob, you thought you messed up. I try not to say words to offend my mother. You're welcome, mother. We had this discussion at all the other night when I had an opinion about a referee's call. We all did. <laughs> so, he thought he messed up. I wouldn't want to offend anybody, so I'll say messed up. He thought he had messed up the promise to his grandfather Abraham. That's a big deal. You see, when you grow up like I grow up, your father and mother's anointings are a big deal. It's a big shadow to walk in. It's a lot of pressure. I'll be quite honest with you. It was a lot of pressure when I was a little boy. When, when the people in the church thought I would be like a 12-year-old prodigy and if I was playing, they would call me out. They actually literally called me out and opened church. I won't tell that story. I wouldn't even be that bad. Anyway. What about being the grandson of Abraham? How about being Abraham's grandson? And that's the guy that's going to be the father of the nations. And he's been given this great proclamation. You shall father the nation of God. Not a nation. The nation of God. All of God's people are coming from this. And here I went and stole it. I stole it and messed the whole thing up. Yeah. And now my grandfather's blessing probably won't count anymore. I messed the whole thing up. And some of us feel like we messed our entire life up. That we're a mess up. We're a mess up. We're a mess up. And the devil tells us that over and over. And so we go running from God. And he lays his head down and God says this. It's God talking to him tonight. I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham. I'm the God of your grandfather. And I'm the God of your father Isaac. And the ground you are lying on belongs to you, son. You, son. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Pause. God is saying right there in that moment, Son, the door is open. I didn't close the door on you. I didn't reject you because of your mess up. I didn't reject you because of your dysfunction. I didn't reject you because of your past. I'm here to remind you that the same promise I gave Abraham and the same promise I gave Isaac, I give to you today, Jacob, because you are my son and the promise lives on and your purpose lives on. In other words, he said, you know what? You might have messed up, but you didn't mess up the purpose. Because it's an open door place and an open door season. I'm here to restore you and give you the very promises I gave your grandfather Abraham. What I told Abraham, Dwayne, I tell you now. What I told your father and mother years ago, I tell you now. What I told 
you 20 years ago when you had your first God encounter and you feel like you've messed it up now, I'm restoring that. I'm restoring that. I'm telling you today the door is open. I want to remind you that the land you are in now, I'm going to give you, says the Lord. 2024, the door is open and God says, I will give you this land. I will give you this year. I will give you this town. I will give you your homes. You have not messed up to the point of destroying your purpose. Next verse, ladies. Let's get back to the scripture. This is the same. Listen to this. It's the same promise. You think about this. God is so good. I, I've been guilty many times when people say, man, your dad's a good fellow. I've been guilty of saying this so many times. I'll be happy to be a tent. But how dare I say that? I say it all the time, really. But how dare I say that? Because the same God, who, the same dream, you may feel like I'll, be a, I'll never be a hundredth, I'll never be a fifth, I'll never be a sixth, my dad, I'll never be a sixth of pastor. I'll never be a third of pastor. Let me tell you something. God is here to remind you the door is open. And the promises He put to one, He'll put to you. And you don't have to be a percentage. You can be a multiplication. You don't have to be a percentage. You can be a multiplication. You don't have to divide. You can multiply. Somebody need to learn how to work on God's calculator. God's calculator is plus and multiply. people saying, boy, I'd be a Christian. Look at all I have to take away. You don't know how God's calculator works. There is no minus. <laughs> oh, those things that might fall away, but those are not good things. God's calculator is plus and times. Plus and multiply. Listen to this promise. Remember what he promised Abraham? Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Your descendants will be as numerous as as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. I believe with all my heart that as children of God, this blessing still applies to you and me. I believe God doesn't want you to live a half-life or part-life. But I believe God wants you to live a life of abundance, of multiplication. I believe He wants to bless you and your offspring. I believe He wants to, the purpose that some old preacher has told you or that God has told you or you've read the Word of God or maybe you haven't even scratched it out yet, but there's purpose inside you that He wants to affirm you today that He has for you. Not to be less than. You know why? Because the door's open. Yes. Up and down. Ascending and descending. Next verse. What's more, I am with you. And I will protect you wherever you go. You gotta go to lives then sometimes? He'll protect you where you go. You gotta go to fiery furnace sometimes? He'll protect you where you go. You gotta walk through Samaria sometimes? He'll protect you. Where you go. Amen. You got to go through the valley of the shadow of death. He'll protect you where you go. Amen. 
One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you. Come on. I will not leave you until I finish giving, 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 giving open door, ladder, stairway, ascending, descending. I will not leave you until I finish giving you. I spend my whole life worried about what God's going to take off of you. But when He gives you enough, the rest takes care of it. You got to take His gifts. Everything I promise you, keep going. Then Jacob awoke from this place and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. We stopped. When he got to that place, he just said, It looks like a good place to camp. For Skylar, he may have just been surfing this morning on the Facebook or whatever he was on. She, I'm sorry. For Skylar, she may have been just surfing on the web. She didn't even know. She wasn't aware that God was in this place. But God is in this place. And when you in your life, there's been times you've struggled, you've found yourself in situations and you probably thought God's a long way from here because I'm a long way from God. And there He was. He was there. And He's still there. And the door's still open. Next verse, Lake. But He was also afraid and said, what an awesome place is this! It is none other than the house of God, Bethlehem. The very gateway to heaven. <laughs> the old boy thought he was alone and messed up and forfeited everything. And God says, no! You're at the very stairway to heaven and the door is open! The door is open! Next verse. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against. And he set it upright as a memorial pillar. And then he poured olive oil. Then he poured olive oil all over it. By the way, we've talked about this recently. And that's coming back. Biblically, they would take that oil... They just didn't do little dab. Now, I'm not wrong. I'm not saying the oil's the power. Word. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a little dab. A little dab will do you. Yeah, that's what the old commercial said. But how did they do it biblically? They poured it over the person's head. So when they went home, they smelled. I don't know if you've ever had this oil. And, and, and olive oil has its own unique smell. But, you know, there's different types of oil, anointing oils. And, and, and that, that doesn't matter. But they have, you know, if you've smelled oil, and we've even... Oh, I'm going to get weird. I'm going to turn off some people right here. Oh, come on. We even had services where no, nobody had any oil and the power of God was so present everybody started smelling the oil. Mm -hmm. and everybody's looking around. And that's been witnessed, that's been witnessed, yeah. that's been witnessed. Where, where people's like, who's, who's, who's pouring out the oil? And we're like, oh, God's pouring out the oil. You know, you just, but when you get that oil on, you come home. And if you've been anointed strong enough, you get home, you still smell that oil. You can smell it on your hands when you anoint people enough. And I've done that many times where I get home and that's, that smell, that aroma, that oil, it's like a precious smell. 
And, 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 and could you imagine, though, when they poured that all over people in the old days, when they went home, that smell stayed with them. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. Now, I'm not saying the oil had the power, but I'm saying it reminded them of the God that moved in their lives. Amen. That aroma reminded them. And, and, and so they would take the oil, they would pour it out over heads, and we've done that in here. I've done that a couple times here, and I've just laid it on people and just poured it all over. I didn't get pre-permission. I just laid it on them. And they needed it. And Jenny asked me the other day, do you remember who you did that to? And I said, I absolutely remember who I did that to. And I hope they still smell the oil. I hope in their darkest times, in their darkest moments, when they lay their head on stone, I hope they remember the oil. And I pray and I believe with all my heart they do. I pray and believe that that smell will never leave them and they shall return to Bethel. I believe with all my heart they shall return to Bethel. I declare that over your life that no matter how far you've run from God, that you shall return to Bethel because the door is open and surely God is in this place and surely God is about to rise. So he poured it out. He didn't do a little dab. I guess we, you know, my grandparents were depression era people, and I guess, you know, oil's expensive, so we try to preserve the oil. But I believe we need to start laying it out. I believe we need to start laying it out. You want to get an oil, you better be ready to take it, because I'm telling you, I'm going to start laying it out. That's a warning. You want the oil, I'm going to start pouring it out. I'm pouring it out again. If that little bit of oil will stop you, if that little bit of oil will stop you from getting anointed, then you're like Esau. You gave away your birthright for a bowl of soup. That's all right. But you know, somebody else can probably damn you. But I'm going to start pouring it out again. Because I believe that God wants to remind you that He is in this place. He has not forgotten you. And 2024 is the year of the open door. And it don't have to be no different. You don't have to settle for less than the next verse later. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called was. Next verse. Then Jacob made this vow. If God will be indeed with me and protect me on this journey, if He'll provide me food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place of worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything He gives to me. Is that the end of the chapter? Yes. I thought so. In the year of the open door, as we start this journey and we start this teaching, I think God wants to go way back to Genesis. I want to go back. How's that song? And do it all over. I don't know. That's an old song from the 80s. Jenny wasn't as, young, as old as me, so. I think God wants to take us back. We might start with this premise this year. We talked about the attitude of the open door to receive that yeah. understand what to do with it. What are you going to do when you come to the open door? You gotta have to understand what that open door signifies and what am I gonna do with it? Because it's not enough to have an open door, you gotta have the attitude to go through it. 
But then, God, I think I also wanted to remind us this time today, all of you out there, and actually not too bad people here, to be closed. You can't close the open door. All right. Like, well, you know, the lawyer, you know, the lawyer means like, I'm going to say like, oh my goodness. I mean, I know we're going to have church of some sort. We're going to have church. We're going to have virtual church. I mean, I don't care if it's like nuclear winter. We'll have church. As long as we can get a beam out. You know. But I was like, is it really smart liability wise? <laughs> They have all these guys bobsledding down that hill. But then God reminded me of something, Dad. Something I'm doing a little bit, I'm trying to do a little better job of this year. Funny how humility would do it. So, he reminded me of something. Are you going to stand at the door and tell them you can't come in? theology says or your belief system says I do not have authority to stand at a door and say who comes in the house of God now I do we do have a responsibility about what goes on behind this pulpit but I do not have the authority to close the door that God opened God opened the door man never opened the door and I'm not going to be the one to stand there and turn them away. So this morning, for those of you that came in, awesome. <laughs> Skylar, welcome home. Skylar, welcome home. Welcome home. Right. Skylar, 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 you know, I've got a name. My first name is Pat, and he goes, you, know, you can say it either way too. So, I mean, I didn't know you were a uh, uh, female, but that's whatever. I just say you're welcome no matter we love you. We love you. So here in 2024, I think God wanted to remind us that your past issues, failures, did not disqualify you from the door to close the door. That's it. The open door wasn't just for Abraham and Isaac. It was for old Jacob too. I'm old Jacob. And the door is open for me as well. And the angels ascend and the angels ascend. The door is open. We're going to hear more about this year about what that means and the blessings and the provisions of God. I will tell you this. Later on, God did indeed stay with Jacob. God changed his name. Yes. And you know what Jacob's name was changed to from Jacob? Israel. Israel. And you know what Israel means? Prevails with God. Because that's another story. <laughs> you are 
a fighter. You've been through wars. But God is reminding you that you are a winner through Him. That you are a winner through Him. You told Jacob, you know that nation I promised your grandpa that you thought you messed up? I'm now naming that nation after you because I'm naming you Israel and the nation forever will be named after you, Israel. Oh, restoration of the open door. And then over that, but God, as He said, did return him home to his father. Even his brother who hated him before. God restores and then even then, later on, he gave him kids. He, he had Joseph the dreamer. He had 12 kids who became 12 tribes. And the dreamer went to Egypt and saved his people on the nation continued. And Jacob, his dream was that his bones would be buried in the promised land. And his people never forgot Jacob or Israel. And they carried his bones from Egypt. Hundreds of years later! You want to make an impact? You want to make an impact on your children and your children's children? How about making an impact? They were in captivity 400 years. Jacob's son went to Egypt. And then for 400 years, they were in captivity. And yet somebody remembered Jacob enough to say that guy's going to the promised land with us because that was Israel. That was Jacob. Yes. And he carried the dream on. And he saw the open door. Oh. And God showed it to him. And we're going to put his bones in the promised land. Oh. So for you out there today, I just say this. You've not forfeited anything. The open door is for you. It's here. Surely this place is good. I believe with all my heart this year, we 1,800 years after Jacob, there was another ladder or stairway that was planted between earth and heaven. And it led to an open door. And grace planted in the dirt. And grace and the angels of the Lord went up and down and would forever go up and down. Everything I am comes through this ladder and through the open door. And everything you are comes through this ladder and the open door. And I'm here to remind you that no matter what you've done, deceiver, supplanter, I'm here to tell you that you have a new name. You have a new people. You belong, and you've not forfeited the dream, and you've not given up your purpose because there is a ladder and there's an open door at the top of the ladder, and there stands God. And He's saying in 2024, I'm here to remind people about the open door. It's been open for 2,000 years, but I'm here to remind people about the door because it's time that we start seeing the ascent and descent of the heavenly on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. It's time we start seeing the power of God descend on the stairway and touch this earth. And touch this earth like it's not touched in many years. So Lord, I thank you for this word. 
Right now, I just ask you to bow your head if you're out there and still watching. And I know it, it's kind of hard to watch for a long time on the on screen unless it's a ball game. Or a movie. Or YouTube or TikTok or Facebook. Father, right now, I pray that you touch people. I pray that they, as we continue to delve into this this year, that they understand that this is a special time and place. That you've put us and hung us in a special time in this place. That nobody here is an accident. That everyone here is here on purpose. And we've been assigned to occupy this location and this time. And God, I pray that we can understand the significance of this time. To understand that we are in, we operate under an open door. And Lord, give us the attitude of the open door, but also give us the understanding that we qualify for the open door. That the door just doesn't open. It's not a VIP that you have to have a special badge that only certain VIPs get to go through. Lord, but you handed out the, it, it should be that kind of door. It's an expensive door. It costs your son his life. But Lord, you've said, you've given us the access and you've shown us the stairway with blessings and angels going up and down. And Lord, no matter what we've done, no matter how we've disappointed ourselves and other people, you're here to remind us the same promise I put in you in your mother's womb. I renewed in 2024. I renew it for you right now in 2024. That your actions did not forfeit my plan. Because my plan shall not be stopped, says the Lord. That the blessings I had for you, the purpose I had for you, I still have for you. And today, I show you the open door to remind you that that applies to you today. And don't let the devil talk you out of that birthright. For I've called you for such a time as this, for such a place as this. And surely the Lord is about this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. And right now I'm calling you and reminding you and inviting you in. And if you're out there, either in this room or you're out there on the internet or podcast or wherever you are, whatever your name is, I'm here to remind you this right now. That God has an open door for you. He's ready to pour out His blessings. And that thing you thought you lost, that thing you thought you lost, that special relationship, that special purpose you thought you lost, God says, I'm restoring. God says, I'm restoring. The door is open. And the ladder goes both ways, ascending and descending, says the Lord. Right now, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you forward. I'm saying, walk into it. Walk into that purpose. Walk into that passion. Walk into that open door. And see what God, just see what God has for you. See what God has for you. Make this the year like no other year. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray. I pray it right now. If you're in the room right now or out there, I, can, I, I can't see you where you are, but God can. If you're out there right now and you say, you know what? God has spoke to me, reminded me that, that, I, I, that I'm, I'm good enough. That it's not that, I, that I'm not forfeited. That my mistakes weren't so bad that God is through with me. God is not through with you. You hear that? God is not through with you. God is not through with you. The door is open for you. If that's you, and you've received that word right now, and nobody's looking, would you raise your hand? Hallelujah. Hands all over. God is using you. 
God wants to use you. I believe there's somebody right now, I don't know if it's out there in this room, but I believe there's somebody out there right now that you want to believe that, but for some reason you just can't believe it. You believe you've messed up too much. I'm here to remind you one more time what the Word of God says. You did not forfeit your grandfather's and father's purpose, but I've renewed the purpose. I've renewed the covenant, and I've renewed the dream. And you have purpose, says the Lord. You have purpose, says the Lord. And the devil tells you you don't because he's a thief. And he's a still, he tries to still kill and destroy you. But the voice in your head that says that's not you right now, that is of the devil. You've got to tune it out right now. And you've got to decide this day whose voice you're going to hear. So I'm going to ask one more time. If you're ready for that purpose and you want that passion and purpose in your life, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand again. If you didn't raise it before, raise it now. If God has told you to raise it, raise it. Hallelujah. I'm just going to... I didn't, I didn't stand at the, at the entrance of this place to keep you out, and I'm not standing at this altar keeping you out. If you want to come to this altar right now, and you want to pour out to God and make this your Bethel, you want to make this your place, you want to remember this day, surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. Just come on. Just come on. If God is wooing you, you raise your hand, just come on. Just come on. I might pour some oil. I don't know. Come on. Just come on. Just come on. Just come on. If today's your day, just come on. Come on. Surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place. Make this a place you'll never forget. Make this a day you'll never forget.